It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. When you think about child care outside the home, you might think about infants, toddlers, or pre-K students. But for many families, it also includes after-school care for children ages 5 and up. To put it in perspective, here in Georgia, over 2,700 licensed child care programs offer after-school care. And over 45% of our CAP scholarships help pay for it. Commissioner, recently our Child Care Services Division took a closer look at after-school care and found some areas where we can help. They did. There's a lot of opportunity for after-school care, and it's a huge resource for parents because as a working parent, your day does not end when the school day ends at 3. And so um, not only is it a resource for parents, but there's an opportunity to continue part of the school day as well during that time. You know, I didn't realize about after-school care until I visited a child care program and they were preparing for the drop-off, the bus to come, and all of a sudden that population in that child care program went from the birth to five set on up to 11, right. 12 years old. Right, absolutely, yeah. So that's why we're looking at it. Here to talk about school-age programs in Georgia is Pam Stevens, Deputy Commissioner of Child Care Services. Melissa Davis is Director of CCS Quality Operations. And Michelle Garris is School-Age Specialist for DECAL. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Now, before we get into the subject matter, all of our listeners, mainly our team here at DECAL, they love to hear the background of each of our folks. And Pam, you've been on before, but I thought maybe we'd give you one more chance to tell us about your background, how long you've been with DECAL, what you were doing before. Give me one more chance to make it better. You, uh, yeah. yeah, could you dress it up? Hands, no, I'm just bit. kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, I've been at DECAL, gosh, around 10 years now. And um, uh, originally, I'm a special ed teacher. I um, have worked in, for Gwinnett County Schools. I was a child care director, which, you know, I've loved the child care industry and worked on behalf of families and children and teachers for a long time now. And that's really what I love. I'm second generation. My mm. mom was a child care director. Mm. Um, so uh, it's kind of in my blood. Yeah. And I love that as we learn about our team with that background, because if you're wondering, who are these people coming into my child care program twice a year unannounced? Right. Many of them worked in this industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. I have a heart for this. Yes. Melissa, how about you? How long here? And uh, what was your journey to decal? Well, I've been here for 16 years, my 16th year now. Wow. Um, prior to coming to the predecessor for DECAL, I actually opened and operated a nationally accredited child care program, was a trainer and advocate for uh, quality in child care, and I actually fell into the field. Prior to that, I was a banker mm. and had a child care crisis of my own. I couldn't locate child care that, was, um, that would work uh, for my hours and my time, so I uh, decided to open my own program. I did not know that. Sure did. Where was it? Adecula, Georgia. Okay. Do I have a name? It was Little Blessings Family Preschool and Consulting. See, I love <laughs> and consulting. I love that. I love the name. She was very good, too. Uh, I, I, I had friends who had children with her, and they loved her. And when she I came bet. to work for decal, they were furious. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's the only downside is when they're really good. They say, why did you steal? And they blame us. Right, you know? right. Well, Melissa, that's a great story. Thanks mm -hmm. for being here today. Michelle, how about you? So I was a special ed teacher also, and um, several years ago, I worked as a pre-K consultant for DECAL. actually started when it was the Office of School Readiness. Sure. Um, left there when they merged and became bright from the start, went back into the classroom, um, and then had the opportunity to come back to DECAL. So this time, I've been with DECAL almost five years now. 
So my background has always been the early childhood, but I had the school age background as well. And um, that's how I ended up being the school age specialist. Now, are you from Georgia? I am from Georgia. Okay. Um, I lived in Augusta all of my life until a few years ago, my youngest graduated from college. So we moved to our vacation home in Hayesville, North Carolina. So I am nine miles across the line. Wow. Um, But we love it up there. It's beautiful. Um, But I'm I'm still a Georgia girl at heart and always will be. But she says Georgia's humid now. Georgia's very humid now. (laughs) Spoiled by the North Carolina (laughs) mountains. Melissa, are you from Georgia? Not originally, no. Okay, where are you from? Uh, Just north of Nashville, right on the border between Kentucky and Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, that's a beautiful part of the country, too. Dan's from Tennessee as well. Right. Right. Born in Connecticut, but um, grew up mostly in Tennessee, yeah. Around Nashville? Nashville. Okay. Yeah, absolutely Nashville. And, and, okay, quickly, your brother is a songwriter. My brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. Is a a songwriter. And what did he write? He wrote, um, he wrote um, God Bless the Broken Road from the Rascal Flats. He wrote Cowboy Take Me Away by the Dixie Chicks. Classics. He wrote... um, Sarah Evans, I can't remember what I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but lots of songs. A hey, Sarah lots Evans hit. Yeah, hey, yeah, lots of songs. Tim that McGraw, is, bunch of them. Yeah. I love that. I got to meet your brother-in-law. That's uh, He's too awesome. cool. I guess we should talk about. We should probably talk about after school. (laughs) (laughs) We could talk about Pam's family all day. She's she's interesting family. Can we please talk about that? (laughs) Next next time we'll schedule another one. Yeah. (laughs) So um, Pam, let's start with the basics. What does after school care look like in a child care program? Is it all from kindergarten up, or what are the ages? Well. Typically, it's kindergarten through fifth grade. That's what we see most of the time. Um, There's a little bit of latitude with age groups, but that's typically what you see. But the most important thing when you're talking about the basics is the amount of time kids are spending in these programs. Because I think we tend to think after school, it's just a couple hours, it doesn't really matter, but it's not. It's before school, Mm -hmm. it's after school, it's during every school break, and during the summer. It is a lot of time, and what happens there really matters. So are we seeing a greater need for this type of care? I don't think that the need is, I think the need's always been there, but I think what we know is that the kids need a lot during that time. That's what's changed is our perspective and the research on what is, what's going on during that time and why it's so important. Um, You know, you think about what kids do after school and during the summer. They're doing STEM activities, they're doing music lessons, they're doing sports activities, they're going to robotics camp, they're doing all these really cool things that help them grow educationally. So the kids in our programs need to be growing educationally as well because it's about opportunity because if they're not growing at the same rate, they're falling behind. So it's time to take a look and see what they're doing to make sure that our kids are able to keep up and have wonderful experiences as well. So it just occurs to me, if they're coming in after school during the school year, do they stay all day? When summertime rolls around? Yes. Usually, yeah. yeah. Okay. And think, and if you think about it, I mean, a lot of the programs are open 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time. A lot of opportunity. That's yeah. what I like to think of it. So much opportunity for us to do amazing things. And for a relatively short period of time. So you kind of work in on a two-month period, I guess, that they're out of school before right. they have to yeah. head back. And two weeks at Christmas and I mean, yeah. all those kinds of things. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, take on that that I hadn't really thought about. Michelle, in 2017, now we did a survey of child care providers offering after-school care. And then last year, we held focus groups with providers. What did we learn from that? So our providers, um, there was an overwhelming consensus that they needed more training specifically geared to school age, the school age population. Um, they shared a very common thread that while they tried to provide a needed service to working families, that sometimes they don't know what they don't know. 
So um, they all expressed an interest and a desire to learn more about after school. They were willing to, um, you know, attend trainings and things like that, but they wanted more than what they had been able to find. Mm And we also learned that finding a skilled workforce to provide consistent professionalized care for this age group is a challenge. Why do you think that is? Well, one of the things is just the schedule. I mean, it's part-time, right? so it's hard to find someone who's going to dedicate their career to a part-time job. But then also, we want you to be part-time, but then when we need you all day, we want you, when you want to be off for Thanksgiving, to actually be available all day. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's, a, yeah. it's really challenging to get people who are able to work um, part-time in those hours. The lack of training that Michelle is talking about, they don't come work ready they don't know anything about school age they learn on the job so that's you know so there's a lot of a big learning curve and um you know again uh the training i mean it's that's you know we just have to support them it's when it goes well it's amazing it's so much fun to see a great school age program but when it goes badly it can go south pretty badly (laughs) as well and so you know you you want to support these people as much as you can you know, we talk a lot about childcare not being daycare or being babysitting. So, Melissa, is there curriculum for an after-school program, or is it more, you know, have a snack, do your homework, wait for your parents to come? How does that work out? <laughs> There's not a prescribed curriculum, but um, based on licensing rules, they're required to have a plan of activities and things for the children to do. So just as they would for, say, a preschool program, they would have a variety of activities for the children, they would also need to have a variety um, for school-age children to participate in when they arrive, too. Mm-hmm. Um, though many times we hear that the parents like for them to do the homework while they're there, we kind of advise programs it might be helpful for them to have other activities planned because I've spent all day long at school. So it might be helpful for them to do something more fun that they would enjoy Mm -hmm. uh, during the afternoon when they're with them. And during the summer, um, I think programs uh, do a pretty good job of planning activities for them all day. But, for example, uh, other than teacher-directed, they need some child-directed activities. They need things for... to help develop their social-emotional skills, their cognitive skills, physical skills, and and to keep all of that into their planning. Mm -hmm. And again, that's totally different than what they've done for most of the day with the birth through five set. Exactly, it needs to be age appropriate. Right, Mm -hmm. you can see where the challenge comes in for providers. Yeah, Michelle, what are some of the challenges for teachers in an after-school setting? So as Pam Pam shared before about um, usually the positions are part-time, which that in Mm -hmm. itself is a challenge. Um, A lot of times our after-school classes share a program space with other programs or other classes. Mm -hmm. That can be an issue. Um, Materials, a lot of times they have to share their materials. Um, And also, too, during the um, school time, when these children come from school and they've had a very um, rigorous academic day, Um, Some of these children are very tired and exhausted. Others have pent-up energy. So that provides a challenge for for the teachers to try to decide which children need some quiet time, which children need to get some energy out. Um, And also, there's the multi-age level that's Mm -hmm. a challenge. You may have kindergartners up to, you know, 13 middle schoolers there as well. So one teacher to a varied age group presents a challenge as Mm -hmm. well. Pam, does Quality Rated look at after-school care? So, um, you know, Quality Rated has two parts, the portfolio and then the observation. Um, the portfolio, they ask questions. They can give us information about their school-age program, but the observation does not look at the, at the school-age classroom. And mm-hmm. that's why we're trying to 
learn ways that we can actually look at quality in school age and help improve quality because quality rated at this point isn't really about that population. Right. So, Michelle, we have GELDs, or Georgia Early mm-hmm. Learning and Development Standards for Birth to Five, but what is there for after-school kids? So, we have the Georgia After-School and Youth Development Quality Standards. Um, the standards are a framework for providers to evaluate and continue improving the quality of their programming. Um, the standards are grounded in widely held and well-established understanding that children, youth, and families benefit when programs increase their capacity to provide high-quality programming. Um, and the standards also provide a common language around what quality after-school programming looks like. Um, the standards are organized into nine categories um, called quality elements. Each of these nine quality elements include, includes a series of related standards. And then each of the standards includes indicators that demonstrate what the standards look like in practice. So they are not a developmental standard mm-hmm. as the GELs are, but more of a standard of practice. Mm-hmm. Are those easily accessible for after-school programs? They are. Okay. Um, I think that Melissa has some resources that she is going to share, but the standards are at georgiaasyd.org. Um, and they're easily accessible online through that. Great. Now, I've also heard of the Georgia Statewide School Age Network. What is that? How do we work with them? So the Georgia Statewide After School Network is a public-private collaborative. It's dedicated to advancing, connecting, and supporting quality after-school programs to promote the success of children and youth throughout Georgia. Um, They also provide professional development, best practices, and enrichments and supports. Um, They also um, do advocacy at the local, state, and federal level around school-age population. Um, We partnered with them on a project that we have just culminated. Um, We chose five sites from the survey responses, Mm -hmm. and we did a school-age quality improvement project. GSAN actually provided the quality coach that went out and did the technical assistance at each of those sites, and they also funded some materials for all five of the sites. Um, They held a kickoff celebration, and they held a culminating celebration as well. And um, they also did a one-day training for um, CCS consultants and R&R folks around school age. Okay, very good. Before we talk about the school age data project, I want to go back to Melissa quickly and talk about how we can support and what are the resources available for lesson plans for after school. What are we doing? (laughs) How can we help them, (laughs) Melissa? So they're not relying Uh just on the internet and Pinterest, (laughs) which are great resources. I mean, I Uh use those sort of things. (laughs) Uh, Those ASYD standards that Michelle talked about are a great resource for uh, curriculum development. Um, as she was saying, that's more of the overarching right. um, themes of, of what they should plan for. Um, Pam and I recently went to a conference in Chicago uh, with the Mott Foundation that focused on school age care. And we learned there they're developing an app that teachers can download onto their phone that has uh, lesson plans readily available for them where they can pick and choose different things. That's really great. How soon will that be available? Do you know? I think they're uh, in a, like a pilot phase okay. right now. 
Yeah, but we're really we're excited once that gets launched. We'll be glad to, to let providers know when it's. Um, I'm ready sure they would love that. Well, I, mean, I think it's it's so good because they were responsive to what the field needs. Right. They don't have time to plan. A lot of them have other jobs. They need to be able to pull up on their mm-hmm. phone and say, "What can I do right now with this?" <laughs> I mean, and that's this just reality, minute. you know. And yeah. so, or if something's not going well, how can I switch it up? Yes, you know, it's definitely. really great. And I think that you know, when Michelle was talking about GSAN, I'm really proud of our partnership with GSAN. The um, conference that Melissa and I went to, every state has the, an after-school network. We were maybe the only licensing people there because the networks tend to not look at licensed child care. They look at other, you know, ways that youth development is happening and forgetting about this huge population yeah. of kids in child care that need these resources as well. So I'm, I think we're doing a really good job in Georgia of really tapping into all resources available to help this That's age group. That's a big piece right there. The yes, it's care. huge. I think a lot of people just don't realize mm-hmm. it. Right. So, Pam, this summer you are working on a school-age data project where Child Care Services and our newly named Quality Innovations and Partnerships Division, I still can't get that right, the old system reform, <laughs> yes. um, what will happen in that project? So, uh, well, uh, you mentioned that division. It cracks me up because Randy Hudgens, who yes. works in that division, called this my dream project because he didn't think it would really happen. <laughs> and he said yesterday, you talked that into reality. That's what, so I thought that was pretty funny. It's a very Sometimes. S- <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, it's a really small project. It's only 50 programs. But what we realize is that we have not taken a deep dive into see what's going on. So before we develop a lot of things that right. we think might help, we probably should see what actually is happening. So we had 50 programs volunteer. And they um, were sending out a child care consultant who's doing a licensing visit just with school age, just looking at the school age classroom. And a quality rated assessor who's doing a school age child care, say it, environmental rating scale. scale. Thank you. (laughs) At the same time. So we're looking at those health and safety standards and quality standards at the same time um, to see what we see. One of the reasons we wanted to look at the licensing is that this is an elusive group. They may be on a field trip when right. licensing is out. They may be at yeah. school. And so we wanted them to be there while the kids are there and see what's going on, see what licensing looks there. And then, of course, with the SACRS, we can look at those quality elements. We're going to bring everybody back together and and see what we find out. The Mott Foundation was really nice to support us in this project and um, offered $200 for each program to participate to spend on school-age materials, which um, helped us get people yes. to volunteer say, for never sure. Hurts. Money never, never hurts. hurts. And so we, we want to find out what they need. So that's what is exciting about it. 50 schools that came forward to be a part of it. That's great. Yeah. I would think Randy would even say it's a pretty good sample. <laughs> He's great. minimal, minimally impressed. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think we'll learn? I mean, I know I'm asking you to just yeah. hypothesize, but what do you think? I What's think, your opinion? I think we will learn. I hope we're going to learn some I think there's some easy fixes, mm-hmm. actually. I think there are some easy things we can do. We just don't know what they are right now that can make a big difference quickly around scheduling, around time management, around planning that we can do that could, could really make a difference quickly. Almost everyone you talk to in the industry says child um, school age is a challenge. They mm-hmm. all report it as being a challenge. One is when you have a behavior in the um, school age room, it might be a 12-year-old, so right. it's, it's, it's a lot. And we don't, and we forget that they're really not as big as we think they are. They are children. Mm-hmm. They are children. They actually need a lot of the same things that the younger kids need, a lot of interaction. And so if we can teach those skills, I mean, and again, it doesn't cost anything to be responsive. Mm-hmm. You teach those kinds of skills, I think will make, make a big difference. Also, they have to fight that stigma of a lot of the kids think 
they don't want to go to daycare in the right. afternoon. There's a stigma. Well, yeah. They don't want it. They, they don't even like it when that bus pulls up no. and says, you know, child care on right. it. Because yeah. they, mm-hmm. they think they're adults. I'm 12. i got to get on yeah, that so, bus. Yeah. Like, it's, it's making it a fun place that people want to go to and that kids enjoy. And, um, and it can be that. It absolutely can be that. It sounds like from the survey that the providers are saying, we enjoy offering this. We think it's needed and it's important. We're not really sure exactly how to best do it. Mm-hmm. And um, right. and we want to find those good, shiny examples right. that can, I think that, you know, I love peer learning. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing. So when we hopefully will identify some really strong programs that will be our leaders in this and we can, you know, take advice from them. Let's see who's doing it right. And they can right. teach us. I think it's one of the most important things we can do as an agency. When you think of the quality rated peer support network, mm-hmm. they've set a good example. We could do that across nutrition. You know, we could do that with uh, after school care, whatever it is, just to let people, there's there's strength in numbers right. and experiences. I agree. That peer support network is an excellent thing. Mm-hmm. Well, what a I great think, idea. I think you might have put that together. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so much room for us to provide more support to programs yes. because mm-hmm. it's part of their business model no matter what, right. and parents need it. Right. So, I mean, yeah. just we can definitely try to support that. Yes. So Melissa has a file here that's about, I don't know, it's a huge file full of information (laughs) to let folks know where they can get more information on school-age programs in Georgia. You've touched on a few. What are some other ideas? Uh, Yes, this is my filing system that I carry with me (laughs) everywhere I go. I love it. Uh, First of all, uh, we are very fortunate at DECAL uh, that we have a school-age and youth development specialist here on staff. That would be Michelle Garris. She's a great resource. She just happens to be right here. Absolutely. Yes, (laughs) Yes, of course we bring her with us. Um, uh, GSAN is also a great partner with us that that has a great, very comprehensive website where people can get more information about school-age care. And um, for even families looking for care, there's um, a a way to find programs through their website, though it has lots of different types of care, not just uh, what we have here. Um, We, for providers, we have a monthly newsletter that includes a section specifically for school-age care and also for families looking for care, the families.decal.ga.gov website. Um, if they go to the very bottom of that page and click uh, download data, there's a spreadsheet that will pop up and they can filter it by uh, school-age care. Hmm. All right, so very good. It's a fascinating area, I think. And again, I go back in my mind to that childcare program when I saw that school bus pull up and older kids get out. It opened my eyes. It's just like an started, emergency, right? It's like it, they're coming. What's going on? Already, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's happening here? And they're all preparing. They're getting ready, you know, <laughs> yes. for a lockdown or something when the older kids get there. But um, I'm so glad we're doing something very proactively. Uh, to work with these. So thank you guys for what you're doing, and uh, we'd love to have you back to talk about the results. Sounds great. Thank you. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, this is Leslie Truman with Nutrition Services. My question is, with football season coming up, who do you think is going to win the in-state battle, Georgia or Georgia Tech? Hmm. I like Leslie's little hmm. hmm. Well, it's, it's hard to believe that football season is really right around the corner. I know. Um, so, Leslie, I have to say Georgia Tech because I'm a Georgia Tech fan. Now, they, that may not be realistic, but as a true fan of Georgia Tech for my entire life and a graduate of the University of Georgia, I'm going to say Georgia Tech's going to pull out another win. Now, Reg, yeah. if Georgia State were in that mix, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you'd be cheering for Georgia gotta, State. So gotta the, gotta same the, right, yeah. the same loyalty. right? Although I do have to ask you, we brought this up on the podcast before. It's a little bit of trivia about Commissioner Jacobs. How does a Georgia grad become such a big 
tech fan. So I didn't become. I've been a tech fan my All entire life. life. Okay. My, my parents were always tech fans. None of them went to tech, but my dad lived in the Atlanta area, and so they always went to Georgia Tech games growing up. Um, and so I just grew up a tech fan. And then when I got married, my father-in-law is actually a Georgia Tech grad. Mm. Um, so it all just it kind of came full circle. So I was lucky to marry um, John, who is also a Georgia Tech fan, because there aren't that many of them in Georgia. I know. I was going to say, house divided. And the new coach at Georgia Tech That's is right, from, from Conyers, Georgia, Georgia. Yeah. our hometown. Yeah. So, yeah. Good luck to Georgia Tech. Good luck to Georgia. Go, Go Panthers. <laughs> Hey, before you go, time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the Decal Download Quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Currently, how many licensed child care programs in Georgia offer after-school care? How many licensed child care programs in Georgia offer after-school care? Answer that question at decal, download at decal.ga.gov. We'll take one answer out of all the correct answers. You can win a nice prize like passes to a Georgia attraction or gift cards to Crystal and Quick Trip. Thanks for playing and have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.